On this episode, we talk about Windows updates, Cortana on Redstone, and hey, Cortana's on iOS now too. This is the Sam Report. Today is December 11th. December 11th, everybody. Today is December 11th, and this is the Sam's Report. And what another fun week it has been in the world of Microsoft. Yes, actually, it was a really good week. I, I, I kind of preempted myself um, for a couple of weeks saying the month of December is going to be really slow um, because traditionally in the world of Microsoft, it has been. It has been a very slow time of the month. They work on internal systems and they work on provisioning software and they work on everything that's not user facing for the for the most part. I mean, there, there's a lot of caveats there, but to my surprise, very happily surprised, Microsoft has been pushing out some updates, all sorts of good stuff. They've been doing, um, they've been not sitting, been sitting on their laurels. They've been, they've been giving me stuff to talk about and write about and, and use. So good job, Microsoft. I was expecting this time of the year to be painfully slow and just killing time until um, CES started. But here we are with lots to talk about. So let's start off with a Microsoft screw up this week. Oops. Uh, Microsoft, a couple days ago, let's see, went live with a page for extensions. And now it was only live for a very short preview of time, but um, Walking Cat on Twitter was, per his usual, able to dig this up and find it and screen cap it. And so what this is, it was it's essentially going to be the landing page for all things Microsoft extensions for Edge. And this is a good thing. Now, there's good and bad with this. The good was that they're working on the page. That means the release of this stuff is right around the corner. It has to be. They were working on the page. They had some examples up. Um, Reddit Enhancement Suite. For those of you who are Power Reddit users, uh, this is a very popular plugin. Uh, they also had a Pinterest plugin. I've actually seen this Pinterest plugin before. Um, way back at, I think it was it was Build. Yeah, Build. They showed off um, Pinterest in a private setting running in Edge. So this uh, plugin has been in the works for quite a while. But anywho, so they're starting to build this page. The bad news is, is we still don't really know when. We don't have a date and they don't have a build number. Microsoft actually typed in, it's live with build, and then it was just five X's in a row. Uh, so yeah, we're getting there and Microsoft is taking a very serious effort about this. And, and some very happy news, at least to report on my personal reporting, I should say. So back when I was at Neo and I wrote that Edge would essentially leverage Chrome extensions. And that's Microsoft's deal with getting people to use or to build extensions for it. They're essentially Edge ex or Chrome extensions. And so once this page went live, um, Walking Cat was able to actually download an extension and broke it apart. And the extension is essentially the same thing. It's, ex it's really just a Chrome extension but you swapped out some of the verbiage for Chrome, from Chrome to, I think it's MS Edge or MS Browser. And then the, the uh, extension worked in Edge. And so that's Microsoft's strategy, which is exactly what I reported, exactly what I was hearing. So that, that's good. And it's good for users too, because it means uh, other popular extensions like LastPass that have not said if they're coming yet to Edge. It's a relatively easy transition to go from Chrome to Edge. So. That's good. Microsoft is doing the very, very right. Good English, Brad. Um, doing the right thing here with this product and, and the extensions. And they're taking the right approach. And I'm, I'm happy to see this because that means 
hopefully on day one, which appears to be coming up very soon, we will have a lot to choose from. Now, hopefully, hopefully, crossing fingers here, that the Edge extensions don't make the browser less stable. It already has enough issues, and I actually stopped using it because it was crashing so frequently. Um, I'm now using Firefox. But hopefully, the extensions, when they arrive, will come with a new version of Edge that will be much more stable and much more user-friendly. And it should be here soon. Adblock Plus, a big popular one, is already announcing support. They actually have a page up saying, hey, we're going to support Edge when it goes live. Good for them. And so that's a big one I know. Now, the caveat with that is please do not use that on Petri or Therapt. Um, if you like this podcast and you like Paul and I going to events, um, you like us eating food and supporting our families, advertisements are a means that we use to support that. There are other mechanisms, but advertising. Um, if you don't like ads on Throt and Petri, I will tell you, and we will be having a subscription service. We Paul has talked about it a little bit. Um, I'm not ready to go into all the de details yet. It'd be interesting if Microsoft leaked out what our subscription is going to be. That'd be a complete reversal because some of them actually do know. Um, but we will have a subscri subscription service. I want to make it very clear: this is not a paywall. It's it's a if you don't like the ads on Throt, and we're going to build, we're building out some other really cool features actually, um, but. If you don't like the ads on Therat, it's a way to remove the ads and not feel bad um, about doing so, so that Paul and I can continue to eat and podcast and do all the things we love and all the other people that support Blue Whale Web. Uh, but that's just getting aside. So Adblock Plus is coming. If that's your, if that's something you've been looking forward to, that is coming to Edge, and it will be here soon. So what else has gone on this week? Um, this guy got a big update. Band two. Bantu, Microsoft, dropping some Christmas gifts early with this stuff. Uh, pretty big update, really. There's activity reminders, music controls, um, but to be honest, the biggest thing for me is the music updates. So you can now, with a couple swipes and gestures, actually change the tracks of the music you're listening to. This, it, it kind of baffled me this wasn't there when it launched, um, but it's here. You can now control your music through the band, which is amazing, and it's so much better. I mean, it, it's if you haven't installed this update yet, you're really going to want to. So good job, Microsoft Band 2 update. My update went perfectly fine. I have not seen any issues of people saying that they have problems with their band update. Um, frankly, I'd be kind of surprised Microsoft is old hat at this, although they, every time I think that they shouldn't have issues, they tend to screw something up. But here we are, Band 2 update out, get it, go download it. You got to have the health app installed. That's actually how it works and make sure health is installed check health it will prompt you and mine took mine took actually about five to ten minutes or so but it worked it's smooth and we're golden so other things that went on this week microsoft if you are a fan of live writer and i would honestly love to hear some um, opinions about this so microsoft who has been very much embracing the open source community has open sourced live writer which was part of the windows live essentials bundle i believe a couple years ago i want to say 2012 doesn't seem like it was that long ago but it probably was and so they killed the product and now it's back and people were losing their mind over this not so much that it was open source it was the fact that they could download it again and that it, it's hopefully going to be you know supported by the open source community um people were loving it. I personally just think it's great. It's just kind of another word editor that makes it a little bit easier to blog. Um, but there are some very passionate users about this stuff. And for 
for those who love the product, you can now, well, I should probably mute my speakers. You can now download it. So there you go. If if you were a fan of Live Rider, it's out there. Scott Hanselman, um, I believe, was a driving force between behind open sourcing the technology. So good on him. It's now an option. And it's out there. And it's free. So I want to talk about something else that was a big, a big news drop this week. Cortana. Cortana. Cortana made it to iOS. So here it is. Um, for those listening to audio only. Oops, I should probably hide those emails that are coming through. Um, for those who can see who are watching this through the YouTube live, you can see here this is Cortana on iOS. And it works. I mean, it's it's Cortana on iOS. So I don't want to like totally trash this because in the, I don't want it to make it sound like that. Um, it's good. It does what it needs. The problem is, is that as I just got it, like you download it, open it, and you're kind of like, now what? Um, it does sync most of the things um, directly from from your PC. So you can kind of hide some of that stuff. Um, you can see like I've got a calendar invite for my wife's Christmas party tonight and a whole bunch of other stuff it, it, it's nice right it's kind of a it, it it's the only solution that microsoft could do because apple's assholes about this and will not give them more access and it's not just microsoft apple just blocks everybody from doing anything fun on their on their os i mean for christ's sake you can't even take if i wanted to take one of these icons and move it out and have a gap you can't do that apple's ios um is a little ridiculous when it comes to you're gonna have a it's the henry ford model you're gonna have ios in, in any color you want as long as it's black type thing but anywho it works it syncs everything it pulls content in um realistically i wish i could replace suri with it because it actually i i have better luck generally with cortana but because of Apple's walled garden, there's not a whole lot you can do. It is nice that you can sync your reminders, which is, to be honest, really what I'm using it for. I set a reminder on the PC, and then it will blast it to my phone. So that that is good stuff. And I hope that Microsoft can evolve it and find more creative ways to use Cortana. But it is there. It does work. Um, and it's probably the best, pretty close about as much as they can do because of, of how Apple operates. Now, if you're on... Um, Android, specifically if you're on Cyanogen, Microsoft has actually worked with that group and has given Android pretty much the full, or Android, uh, Cortana, just about the full suite of capabilities. So Android users get a lot more love out of Cortana, and there's a lot more Android users, so that's a good thing. And Cyanogen users get even more love because it's pretty much baked in and into the essence of what the OS is. So Good job, legitimately good job, Microsoft. You got apps out. You beat Apple to the punch. I really like that headline. It says Microsoft beat Apple to the punch. Um, why is, Apple doesn't even have Siri on their own desktop? I was wondering if they would bring Siri to Windows, but it's like hell. They don't even support it on OS X yet, for whatever reason. It just seems, and they were pretty early out of the gate. I don't know what Apple's doing. Um, I don't. I have a lot of. I could do a seriously long rant about how Apple is just so cognizant, or lack of cognizant cognization. Man, I cannot use my proper English. They're just so dense in their own froth that they don't think about pushing any boundaries. They're very much the Toyota Camry now, where they want to be very consistent and have high quality, but they're not going to go really far out with any kind of edge features, right? And they've just been 
happy and they're content and they remind me of Microsoft in about 2004, 2005. They're just like, oh, you know what? We're doing really well. We're making a lot of money. We're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again until we stop making money. And I don't know. You saw how that worked out for Microsoft. And I would make the very same argument that things like this Surface Book back here, um, not so much the Lumia 950, which is oh, right here. But I would make the argument that other OEMs, vendors, and the like are catching up. So somebody pointed out in the comments of the chat, that says they need to open source Zune software. Hell yeah, they do. Um, I love that piece of software. So I would be curious to see if they would ever go down that approach. One thing I saw that I think would actually be better than Zune software, Windows Media Center. If Microsoft would open source that, I think would make huge waves in that community. If you're familiar with the cord cutting concept, that's a lot of C's, um, cord cutting concept. I think open sourcing Windows Media Center would be like a gift from the heavens to that group, especially kind of the people who like to build their own packages. So Microsoft, if you're really gonna focus on open sourcing something, do it with Windows Media Center. Yeah. I would be I would be super happy about that. Um, jumping back to Apple, just because it's ridiculous. Apple put out a new battery case this week, and it is atrocious. It is it's embarrassing, I think, from their design because Apple's generally known for having good good design concepts for the most part. They make attractive hardware. I've said that before, but this this case is ridiculous. Um, it got lambasted in the reviews for just being ugly not i don't know it's terrible it, it looks like it has a hump on the back but don't call it a hump because tim cook said not to but tim cook it is a hump it's you guys just injection molded a battery into a plastic case with a lightning port at the bottom um, to give these devices this iphones that don't have great battery life slightly better battery life stop going for thin as in give us a slightly better hell make a thicker iphone and give us better battery life you know start pushing boundaries on two three days without having to charge that would be fantastic but anyways um i tweeted all this stuff out because if you look at the iphone 5c case that they made which was ugly they created this hump of a battery case that was ridiculously ugly um their new magic mouse that has to plug in from the bottom and then they also have the ipad pro which with the pencil charging in it looks like it's um as paul described to me, it looks like it's getting a prostate exam. And so I packaged all this up and tweeted out and it just went crazy. It got like, it's like 1500 retweets or whatever. It's Apple, what are you doing? Um, that does not have Johnny I's aluminum in it or whatever. Okay, enough Apple ranting. Uh, negativity is only fun for so long. So Windows 10 got a new app this week and it's Uber. I am a huge Uber user. Uh, when I travel, I should say, I don't use it locally. I'm not a driver, but I use it quite a bit. And so they brought the app to the desktop and it like Microsoft went crazy. Like Uber's on the desktop and it, great. It, it's a universal app. It works on the desktop, but here's the caveat. There's a little asterisk with it. You still need to use your phone. So yes, it's great that Uber's on the desktop and you can ping it and have it come work. And don't get me wrong. It's not a complete like useless app. Um, because the live tile and whatnot does some fancy things, tells you how many minutes until they arrive, but you still need a phone. So it's it's a universal app and it works and it runs. Um, 
it's a big name brand, which I think is the bigger thing, to be honest, is that they've got they've got Uber in the store now. That's that's actually a pretty huge deal. I shouldn't considering the struggles Microsoft has had with the Windows Store and getting those types of groups into it, maybe we should I should step back a little bit and just say, hey, you know what? They got Uber. They got Uber into it. So I would expect to hopefully see Lyft in the near future, potentially sidecar and whoever else. Those are kind of the big three um whatever car sharing services that are out in the market right now. So Uber's in. If you need it, it's there. You can use it. You can hail a vehicle, but you still need a phone. Just keep that in mind. So let's kind of talk about Cortana back here again. I'm jumping all over because I got kind of sidetracked here. But Cortana, um, buddy at The Verge, Tom, wrote up that Cortana is obviously going to be in Redstone. And really what it's going to be able to do is jump around between applications. It's going to be embedded in more locations. I had heard similar things, um, just never really articulated it all that well. But realistically, it's going to be much like how it is in the Edge browser. And Cortana will be integrated into other applications. Um, of course, this sounds a lot like Clippy. If you remember, Clippy was in Office. It was in all sorts of things. But Microsoft is um, using Bing, using Bing, using Cortana as this this glue across all of its products. And you can really start to understand this a little bit better. So they have Cortana now on Windows Phone, Android, iOS. They have it on the desktop. They have it in a browser. And so Cortana is just kind of this little digital assistant that's going to go with you everywhere. And the company is building up Cortana to be this kind of resource that no matter what you're in, you can use it to find your way around or to get your documents or to get your content. And so Cortana is kind of like what Bing search used to be. If you remember, Microsoft embedded Bing search into everything. Well, I mean, it's in Windows 10, it was in Windows 8, uh, it was in all their apps, and they were using Bing search across it as their, their fabric, if you want to call it that. So they're replacing Bing, and not like replacing, replacing, but they're using uh, Cortana as the new fabric. And it, it makes a lot of sense, right? They're gonna put this Cortana into everything, and it's gonna be helpful. It's hopefully gonna be passive and a little bit active, meaning that I'm hoping that Cortana reacts to you rather than um, you reacting to Cortana. Cause you remember Clippy was just atrocious. It's like, hey, you're trying to write a letter. Do you need help? It's like, no Clippy, die in a fire. I'm not writing a letter. You think I'm writing a letter, but I'm not. So here we are with Cortana, a modernized version of it and <laughs> Somebody wrote, I'll read this comment in a second because I've been having a similar issue. Um, Cortana is this fabric and it's a lot more than just search and it's coming to everything in, in Redstone. At least that's the idea that we want to create a Cortana experience. Windows is all about creating these experiences and whatnot. And so that's kind of what's happening with Redstone and it will float around and, and, and move within the OS. So it should be good. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I'll be curious to see when this shows up in the Insider Builds. I'm assuming relatively soon, or at least hints of it here relatively soon. So that's Cortana and Redstone here, but it should realistically, um, somebody described this experience as Clippy, but with less suck. And I, I tend to agree. Clippy wasn't, the fundamental idea behind Clippy was not bad, just the, the execution was atrocious. So 
there you go. Um, other things that are happening in the world of the week, in the in the world this week of Microsoft, and this is a shout out to David Cross, who always busts me on Twitter for not talking enough about Azure or security. Um, although this one is more specifically Azure, is that there is a new Linux certificate for IT folk who are running Azure. So Microsoft has done a lot with um, Linux on its Azure platform such as they've signed deals with Red Hat and some other open source software. And realistically, Microsoft built this blog, this blog cloud service, and you can put whatever the heck you want on it. It's They obviously prefer their own OS, their operating systems, but you want to run Linux, you can. And now Microsoft has created a way for people to get certified for actually being Linux on Azure uh, experts, if you want to call it that. And so you have to take two certification tests. One's offered by the Linux Foundation and one is offered by Microsoft. And you run these, you run through these tests and I'm assuming that they're pretty intense. And then you are a certified expert for Linux on Azure. So that's, um, Azure is really, if you, I know I talk about this a lot, but people sometimes don't understand that Azure is Microsoft's future. It is everything for the company. Um, I don't believe Windows is the future. Windows as the brand is the future, but as a revenue source, Microsoft's entire future um, resides in a couple product lines. It, it, it involves Azure, the entire service of Azure, which is immensely deep and it's a billion dollar operation for Microsoft. So they have that. And then they have Office 365, that subscription service. And also the debt, you know, the standalone software too. Um, those two, 10 years from now, I believe are gonna be the primary core drivers of revenue for Microsoft. More so probably Azure, because they're trying to get everybody to go from on-prem up into the cloud and security will be a big part of that. So you've got that. Windows will still exist, it's not going away. And then they will also have in this other category, hardware, which is like the Surface Book, um, the band, the phones and whatnot. And those, I honestly realistically think, long-term looking more than five years out are Microsoft's path to sustainability in this type of competitive environment where you can't charge much money for pure software. Everything's a subscription. That's, and, and there are other areas, don't get me wrong. But that's where I think Microsoft's future resides. So it's good to see them building out their Azure product. And that's what's going on. Oh, man, just flying through this stuff. So I asked a pretty interesting question this week. And it doesn't sound so interesting, but the responses were very interesting. Was Action Center and on the desktop, not on the phone. The phone is a completely different beast. I mean, it's the same thing, but it's not. You'll see where I'm going. So I said, hey, are you using Action Center? And the, the mixed results were primarily to, I only use it to A, clear the notification. Um, I have quiet hours set on permanently. To some people who are very hardcore users of the Action Center. I, myself personally, never use it. I don't even use the shortcuts just because I have my start menu set up correctly, set up to optimize to my experiences so I can get everything I need directly through the start menu. And I don't, I don't use the Action Center, I, not even on the Surface Book or really anything. Um, the reason I bring this up is that in Redstone, there should be uh, widget integration into the Action Center. It was actually, they were thinking of bringing it in this fall, but I believe the feature got cut sometime around, um, I want to say July-ish, maybe even June or earlier. But anyways, um, so they're going to bring widgets to the Action Center, which should hopefully make it a little bit more user. I 
what started all this conversation is I rediscovered uh, Rain Meter. If you're not familiar with this for Windows, it's a great little widget desktop application, especially for super minimalist typography type looks. Um, check it out. I just reinstalled it to look at CPU usage and RAM um, on my Service Pro 4. But Rain Meter, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They're going to hopefully bring widgets um, with with uh, the next major update. And as Joel points out in the comments, he says, I still forget sometimes that swipe in from the right is action center and not the charms bar. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do kind of miss the uh, <laughs> I do kind of miss the charms bar. It was actually super helpful. The action center does the same thing to the most part. There's just a little bit more information. It takes a little bit longer to get to it, I would guess. Uh, but here, I want to talk about my Surface Pro 4 for a second. It's mostly good. Um, actually, I resolved the issue where my fan would run just nonstop. And thank goodness, because I really like this service before, although I am tempted to buy a new machine because running this live stream on an Intel chip, uh, Intel graphics chip, is not the best use of it. <laughs> I get a warning every time from XSplit every, when I fired up. It says, you know you're going to run this on an Intel GPU or whatever it is, the integrated solution. I'm like, yeah, Godspeed. Let's hope it doesn't crash. But realistically speaking, um, I got the fan issue resolved. If you have any issues, what my problem was, I could not use the mail app or the calendar app because they would make the fan spin like crazy, along with Edge was doing some funky stuff. If you have the, this problem, here's how you resolve it. You open up mail and you remove all of the accounts. And then you go into Windows, into the settings, and you remove your Outlook account or whatever account you use. You remove everything and then you re-add it, and then it fixes the problem. Um, before doing this, every time I would open uh, the mail or calendar app, my usage of the CPU would jump, no joke, 25 to 30% at a consistent rate. I complained about this insistently on Twitter. And so Microsoft actually helped me walk through this. They said, hey, try this. And now with mail and calendar open, and only those apps, my CPU usage idling is around 4%. Uh, so just a dramatic improvement. Keeps the fans from spinning up, uh, makes the machine much more enjoyable. I'm quite happy with it. I just wish that the mail app was more feature complete. But the reason why I bring this up, last two nights in a row, last two nights. So there's an issue, uh, there's an issue with uh, the Surface Book and the Surface Pro 4, if you're not aware, that you cannot put them to sleep. And Microsoft actually said this issue will not be fixed until early 2016, which is complete crap for a $1,500 machine starting price right there. You can't put it to sleep. The workaround right now is to put it into Hibernate. So I remap the tools, or remap the tools, remap the button. And to close the lid here in the Service Pro 4, which sits behind my monitors, so that it puts it into Hibernate. The past two nights, I have come down to my machine and the display is on after putting it into hibernate. This hibernation was supposed to fix this issue, but clearly it has not because my machine has woken up two nights in a row and I'm positive that I have put it into hibernate. I don't know what's waking it up. Um, as somebody commented earlier here, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, there were other issues with Cortana waking up machines, I, I believe was the issue. And so I don't know if it's Cortana that's waking up my computer or what it is, but it's a little frustrating because I just want the monitors up. I want to come downstairs at 8 a.m. in the morning and not have my computer on and not wondering how long it's been on. Now, I know these monitors should be fine, but I just 
and just fired up two 4K monitors here. I really don't like the idea of them just sitting on the same screen for seven, eight hours as I'm sleeping every night. So I hope Microsoft can work through this stuff. And oh, I don't want to forget about CES. So I got an email this morning from Microsoft about what is going on at CES. It's, um, so they are going to have an event, event being in quotations, it's, it's a private event. Um, it's kind of a showcase type thing. And some of the executives, not Nadella, are going to be speaking. I believe um, Meyerson is actually going to be there. And I think this is more of like an OEM type thing. But yeah, so Microsoft will be at CES. Um, I will be at CES. I actually just booked my flight. I need to figure out where I'm going to stay and what hotel uh, after, this conf after this conference, after this podcast here. So if you are going to head to CES, and I know about 150,000 people are, um, I will be there. I get in on the 5th, maybe the 4th. I think things kick off on the 5th. And then I'm taking a red eye home because I enjoy punishment and that kind of stuff on the 7th, I want to say. So Paul will be going as well. Paul and I will be out there doing our mayhem and getting hands-on with the latest hardware and doing... Um, all that good stuff. Expect a lot of galleries. That's kind of essentially a CR approach. We're not going to be live blogging. Um, realistically, for a couple of reasons. One, there's only two of us. It doesn't make sense. But we're going to get a lot of hands on the new hardware, a lot of good galleries, kind of bring you guys up to speed. If you have any real questions about CES or you're going to be there, um, make sure to let me know. And what another week it has been for Microsoft. I've, I've been um, trying to think of a new column actually over on Throughout. And if you have any feedback about this, please let me know. So, I chat with Microsoft weekly, uh, either officially or off the record, and I, I've been thinking about writing up every week kind of what's the theme inside of Microsoft. So the theme this week, or jokes have been walking around, and um, if you, not to get political here, but Donald Trump said that the, he needs to consult with Bill Gates to figure out how to deal with the internet. Maybe just close it down, I think we're just, we're just something like that. So Microsoft, one of, they have an internal bug tracking tool. Um, somebody on Twitter from Microsoft actually created it an actual bug that says, hey, we need to look at how to shut down the internet or whatever it was. And it went crazy. And um, that's just kind of what's going on inside the world of Microsoft. And here we go. So today is what? The, the 11th. God, I cannot believe Christmas is almost here. Happy Hanukkah to anybody who, support, who celebrates it. I really honestly expect the next two weeks or so to kind of be much slower. I don't expect to see too much software out. Is I know for a fact that around the 18th, um, the entire Microsoft campus, just everybody goes home. You got to imagine that a lot of the engineers there don't live in Seattle natively, and so they all go home. And this is a big time for Microsoft people to be out of the office. I already get some out-of-office replies from certain people. So I really expect things to actually start slowing down And um, as they start to look at. Oh, one other thing I really want to hit on. So there was a report that came out that said the Surface line outsold the iPad for the month of October. No, um, I don't want to be like Debbie Downer on this, but I, I honestly do not believe this report. So first off, the caveats with this report was it was U.S. only and it was online sales only. So U.S. only, online sales only are claiming that the Surface outsold the iPad. And I honestly hope it's true. I hope Microsoft has a gangbuster year. But here's my big issues with the headlines that were run were that the iPad or the Surface outsold the iPad for the month of October. So 
or sorry, maybe it was November, whatever. It was probably November. That would make more sense, whatever month. But here's my issue. It doesn't count in-store retail sales. We all, every, if you've ever been to an Apple store, it is crazy. It is mayhem. It is obnoxiously filled with people. They have significant volume that goes through their retail channel. Also, this was US only. Apple sells its iPads in a lot of places that Microsoft does not in-store um, and also online. So I take this, the way I interpret this is that the Surface had a very, very good quarter. Very good. I would expect if the Surface line did not do a billion dollars in sales, I would be concerned. That's what they did a year ago for this quarter was a billion dollars. I wrote the headline that the Surface brand becomes a billion dollar operation for Microsoft. Considering the pent up demand, the fact that they hadn't introduced a new product for a while, if Surface does not do a billion dollars in sales this quarter, I would be very shocked. But I don't think it outsold the iPad. The iPad generally sells in the tens of millions, um, I believe, or tens of millions per year. I don't know what they do on the quarter. I know the iPhone's something crazy. But anywho, I interpret meaning the Surface did exceptionally well and that Microsoft built a good product. They hit the price points and they're going to have a good Christmas season. So that's how I would run with that report. Um, I would not take it at face value for the people who just rewrote up the press release that essentially went out without really kind of thinking through what it actually meant. So there we go, guys. I don't want to drag this on much longer. It's been about 30 minutes or so. And this is the Sam's report. Today is December 11th. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for watching and catch you next week.